Hi, this is Jacori. Welcome to Gen X Replays After the Show podcast, where a guest and I discuss the spoiler-heavy details of a TV show or movie that we've just indulged in. This time, it's just me reflecting on the new season, Season 7, of Star Wars The Clone Wars, streaming on Disney+. As the season goes on, I'll work to bring in guests to banter with me about each episode, Clone Wars in general, and how Clone Wars has contributed to the Star Wars canon lore. The spoilers will come later in the episode, and I'll warn you before I start that in case you haven't seen the episode and don't want to know the details yet. All right, let's get started. The first six seasons of the Clone Wars TV show, the one created by Dave Filoni with the guidance of George Lucas himself, aired between 2008 and 2014. This series was situated between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and it wasn't really designed to go outside of those boundaries, except in the forms of flashbacks or force visions. The central characters in the Clone Wars were people we were familiar with from the prequel films, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Padme, Palpatine, Dooku, Yoda, Mace Windu, Jar Jar, and even Commander Cody. Other familiar faces from the films popped in and out, And some that were on screen during the films actually got more development during this series, including several of the Jedi Masters, Shakti, Alia Secura, Plo Koon, Ki-Adi Mundi, Luminara Unduli, Kit Fisto, and more. Perhaps even more powerful for Clone Wars, though, is introducing brand new characters to the Star Wars canon. And these names transcended Clone Wars, as the fans just really fell in love with these characters. The most notable of these is Ahsoka Tano, the Jedi Padawan assigned to Anakin Skywalker. Fans not only warmed up to Ahsoka, but now consider her an essential part of the universe. There's a great book called Ahsoka that tells her story after she departed the Jedi in Clone Wars. If you get this in audiobook, it'll actually be read by Ahsoka herself, Ashley Eckstein. Ahsoka appears again in the Star Wars Rebels TV series, which starts about 14 years after the Revenge of the Sith film story. Fans are looking forward to seeing more of Ahsoka in future productions, especially if Filoni and his people pick up her story where Rebels left off. Also established during the Clone Wars series are several clone trooper characters that many fans have come to love. Rex, Heavy, Fives, Kicks, Jesse, Hardcase, Wolf, Gregor, so many. And Rex, Gregor, and Wolf actually went on to appear in Star Wars Rebels, too, with Rex being a big part of that series. Dee Bradley Baker, the voice of all the clone troopers, gained a lot of respect for his ability to bring individual personality to each clone performance. Weequay pirate Hondo Anaka is an interesting figure in Clone Wars, touching on how some people are willing to take advantage of both sides of a war without showing loyalties. Hondo reappeared during the Rebels TV series, and now he's actually featured in one of the rides at Galaxy's Edge at Disney theme parks. One last original Clone Wars character I wanted to mention is Cad Bane, a notorious bounty hunter who was probably the best in the galaxy. Cad Bane also serves as a hired mercenary for the Separatists in one of the story arcs. There's a lot of fan love for Cad Bane, and with many hoping that he appears in other Star Wars productions. Now, if we go all the way back to Season 6, which we had assumed for a long time was the last season of Clone Wars, it was only a half season, 
and ended with a two-episode arc that was preparing Yoda to maintain his individuality in the Force even after death. This was in preparation for the dark times ahead. It was a neat ending to the series, and it was very close to the start of Revenge of the Sith, so there was room to just leave it right there, but also room to actually add more if they did decide to go back and do another season. What we've seen so far in the previews for Season 7 is that it overlaps with Revenge of the Sith. Previews show Anakin and Obi-Wan now appearing closer to what they look like in Revenge of the Sith. They also show a pregnant Padme, which we know Anakin doesn't even find out about until Revenge of the Sith. It'll be interesting to see where they start to overlap and what film moments they choose to reflect in the show. All right, let's get started on Season 7. The name of the first episode of the season is The Bad Batch. This title is in reference to what a group of special clone troopers call themselves. They're described as clone troopers who have mutations that are actually desirable traits for clone troopers. I also call this a D. Bradley Baker episode, where I imagine some of the days of recording would only have D on the call sheet. He not only voices all the clone troopers, but he also voices Admiral Trench, who's in this episode. Matthew Wood was back on hand for the Separatist droids, too. I loved this episode. It was a great kickoff for Season 7, and I agree with others I've heard that it's like picking up right where Season 6 left off without losing a beat. It has that same familiar style and pacing that we loved from the first six seasons. All right, warning, this is where the spoilers begin. This episode kicks off with some familiar faces in a familiar situation. Jedi Generals Mace Windu and Anakin Skywalker are standing at a hollow table talking about war strategy. They're discussing the war on Anaxes, and of course the episode actually opens with several battle scenes on Anaxes. Tom Kane's familiar narrator voice is back, and it was just great to hear his voice again, introducing the episode in that same great old radio style that they used to use in the previous seasons. We also see that the Separatist army there is being led by a familiar adversary, the legendary war strategist and creepy spider-looking guy, Admiral Trench. Yeah, that guy that does that sound after almost everything he says. Joining the generals in this first scene are our veteran clones, Captain Rex and Commander Cody. Rex is sharing his suspicions about how the Separatists aren't just one step ahead of them in this fight, but they actually seem to know about their every move before they make it. Of course, they're droids, so they do learn and adapt, but the clones are actually having to vary their tactics more often than usual. Rex suggests that the Separatists actually know his personal playbook, and they need to find out how they know this so they can prevent further losses. Cody proposes having a squad go behind enemy lines and investigate their cyber center, which is the central point that sends out all the commands to the battle droids. Mace Window agrees with this plan, and Anakin Skywalker does seem to think it's a sound strategy, even though he doesn't say anything. As Rex and Cody walk out, though, Anakin does stop Rex and asks if there's anything else he wants to share. Anakin has worked closely with Rex for years at this point, so even without the Force, it's probably easy for him to sense that there's something else on Rex's mind. Rex says there's nothing, though. Next, we see Rex in the barracks. He's looking at a picture of his 501st brothers, many who perished in the earlier Clone Wars seasons. 
We see fives and echo in the picture. It's clear that Rex is deep in thought here, and when Cody finds him, they talk briefly about the difficulties of losing their beloved brothers and having to be the ones that live on after them. Rex then shares that additional thing that's been on his mind that he didn't share with Mason Anakin. Rex believes that Echo is still alive. Rex explains to Cody that all the plans that the Separatists seem familiar with are actually strategies that he developed with Echo. Cody is super skeptical, but he decides to just kind of direct Rex's attention to the mission at hand. Two more familiar clone faces join Cody and Rex on the tarmac as they prepare for their mission. 501st members Kix, a clone medic, and Jesse, who's been promoted to ARC Trooper. Cody explains to the 501st brothers that they'll be working alongside Clone Force 99. Cody explains that they have unconventional ways to accomplish their missions, which kind of worries him. He still seems to think they're the right people for this job, though. It seems clear that the Clone Force 99 name is a tribute to 99 himself. If you remember from earlier seasons, 99 was an older clone who was considered defective and couldn't actually serve as a clone trooper. Instead, 99 committed to faithfully serving his beloved clone brothers while they were trainees on Kamino. He was like an old man janitor and mentor figure, and he played a special role in encouraging Domino Squad. You might remember those episodes where 99 was influential in getting their natural leader Heavy to trust in the team's ability to work together and pass their tests. That was instrumental to Domino Squad improvising a test that was stacked against them and completing that test successfully. Fives and Echo were from Domino Squad, and they became beloved recurring characters working alongside Rex and the 501st after they lost heavy, cut-up, and droid bait during their deployment on the Rishi Moon. 99 himself later died in defense of Kamino during a Separatist invasion. This Clone Force 99 calls themselves the Bad Batch in reference to their mutations. Again, those mutations actually add desirable traits for each clone. We start getting a profile of those traits as the troopers exit their ship. Sergeant Hunter is the squad's leader. We don't really learn much about him right now, but later on we learn that he has a mutation that gives him heightened senses, including the ability to sense electromagnetic frequencies across an entire planet. He wears his hair a little longer, he has a red headband, and a face tattoo. Wrecker is a stereotypical strongman with a penchant for demolition. He's taller and more muscular than the other clones. We find out later just how strong he is. Crosshair is a sarcastic clone who is an incredibly talented sniper. He has gray-white hair and a crosshair tattoo over one eye. And Tech is a highly intelligent tech specialist who is anxious to make sure that people have the correct and complete facts on what they're talking about. He has a receding hairline and special goggles that give him the look of wearing spectacles. I suppose it's an attempt at the stereotypical nerd look. So that's Clone Force 99, a.k.a. the Bad Batch. So let's move on forward and see what happens. After the troopers join up, making an infiltration force of eight, they take a gunship toward the Cyber Center. The Bad Batch troopers and our veterans look at each other suspiciously on the ride out. Jesse gets defensive when Crosshair seems to be staring at him. 
Crosshair says, we don't usually work with regs, and flicks his toothpick at him, in reference to regular clones as opposed to them. Thus, we immediately have a sense that these two groups are going to struggle to work together. They're going to have to find some kind of mutual respect, common ground with each other, in order to be successful with this mission. The Separatist droids spot the gunship and start firing. The gunship goes down in spite of some efforts to outmaneuver the shots. And after the ship goes down, Cody is pinned under it and injured. Now, Wrecker picks up the wrecked gunship and tosses it aside and moves Cody to a safe position before the ship explodes. This is the first time we see the Bad Batch in action and actually working regardless of the relationship they have with the other troops. With their position given away, we see a bunch of Separatist droids coming in a wave in their direction. This is where we see the Bad Batch working together as a group for the first time. It's a really well-designed and awesome sequence to watch. I think it's my favorite part of this episode. Hunter calls for Plan 82 Shockwave. Wrecker picks up a piece of ship wreckage to carry as cover, and Hunter, Tech, and Crosshair take hover behind it. Tech uses a heads-up display within his goggles to get targeting data, and then he gives that data to Hunter. Hunter repeats the data and then throws electric pulse grenades toward the advancing droids. Crosshair then takes aim at each grenade, shooting it at just the right moment to take out several droids at one time. The group wraps up that wave of droids by taking out the final ones in swift, precise melee actions. This definitely goes down as one of my favorite sequences of clone action in the whole series. It's also clear that Rex, Cody, Kix, and Jesse are all impressed at this teamwork, and they immediately have a new respect for their unconventional ways of approaching things. This is exactly what they needed on the mission. We, of course, know that the Separatists knew Rex's playbook, but by bringing in the Bad Batch, they were able to bring in new unconventional tactics that really threw the Separatist droids for a loop. In fact, that's what we see next. We see a droid leader reporting back to Admiral Trench about the irregular infiltration action. But Trench doesn't seem too worried. He says just sweep the area and keep him informed. With Commander Cody injured and Kix needing to stay with Cody until they get a medical evac, Rex decides to take leadership of the mission. Crosshair and Wrecker definitely aren't keen on following his orders to move out. But Hunter steps in and calls a truce for the sake of the mission. They continue to advance toward the cyber center. And then we see Rex taking a page from the Bad Batch playbook as they stop to take over an outpost. They're able to take the outpost quickly head on and from there determine how to approach the cyber center ahead. After successfully taking the outpost, it does seem that they are starting to form some positive working relationships and bonds with some hints at mutual respect and trust as fellow clone soldiers. There at the outpost, Tech identifies a platoon of droids heading their way, and together they plan their approach to the cyber center under Rex's direction. After getting an update about the outpost takeover, Admiral Trench then identifies their target as the cyber center and starts to send reinforcement droids to help defend the cyber center. Working together, all the clones easily take the Cyber Center. Tech gets to work hacking the computer for information while the other soldiers defend the location against the waves of droids coming in. 
When Rex comes to join Tech, he gives him a data card that has his strategy algorithms. Tech is then able to find a match in the computer, but he says it's not a program in the computer, but a live signal coming from the planet Skako Minor. While the soldiers outside hold off the battle droids, Tech is able to play an audible signal from the noise, and Rex hears familiar audio. Rex gets Tech to find out who it is that is actually sending the signal, and that's when he hears CT-1409. That was Echo's clone number. So this seems to confirm Rex's suspicion about Echo, that he's still alive and has probably been captured and forced to help the Separatists. Outside, we see Crosshair in action again as he easily snipes two droids and grabs a getaway vehicle for the crowd. All six of the clones are able to escape the Cyber Center without any further casualties. And now when we cut back to Admiral Trench, the droid commander reports to Trench about the connection made with Skeko Minor. The normally cool and collected Trench then appears to be particularly alarmed. And that's how our first episode of Season 7 ends. I'm hoping that Episode 2 finds Rex staying on track to find Echo. I'm anxious to see more of this story. I'm hoping that we'll also see more of the Bad Batch troopers as well. They're great additions to the character lineup. And I especially want to find out what happens to them as we approach Order 66. I know this episode was really more of a, okay, let's review all the key plot points. But I did try to provide some of my own personal reflections, some of the reactions that I had while I was going through Hopefully I'll have a guest in here to add some more flavor to our future episode discussions. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Gen X Replays After the Show podcast. In the next episode, Hoot will rejoin me in talking about Star Trek Picard, Episode 6. Currently, we host on Anchor.fm and aggregate to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. If you like what you hear, let others know where to find us so we can start boosting the signal on this podcast. On the socials, you can follow me on Twitter at Jedi Jacori and on YouTube at Jacori. That's J-I-C-O-R-I. Until next episode, be safe out there.